So, first of all, get a quick. You can stop that for the old thing. Uh, okay, introduction. Absolutely delighted to welcome you all to the first ever Academy podcast with myself, David Lewis. Uh, so excited to show you what we have to bring you over the next uh, number of weeks leading into the leaving cert, and we're going to be interviewing uh, staff and, uh, and a couple of teachers and. I couldn't be more excited to to bring you Chris Lauder today. I really feel he's going to be the one that changes our mindset to set us up into different types of study. He's going to help us what, do what we want to do here is break down perceived barriers that we feel students have and uh, attempt uh, allow them to you know believe that they can achieve their ultimate potential and a better leaving cert and even further than that, a, get a, a great springboard into the life that they want to live. So. Uh, First of all, Chris, thanks for coming. Absolute uh, pleasure. Yeah, great to be here. I'm delighted I got the memo about the t-shirt anyway. Yeah, yeah, black t-shirts all around because, uh, you know, I can't uh, afford actually a, a bigger one. But listen, I'll talk to you my boss about that. You know, uh, great. So anyway, Chris, uh, thanks for coming. Uh, as I said, uh, really excited to hear from you and what you have to add from a, an outside perspective, a businessman's perspective to uh, a student's life. So um, first of all, could you, like for the 0.01% of people that don't know who you are, you know, to Robert Gary V. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I think it's the other way around, actually, to be honest. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so I'm Chris. I'm one of the founders here at the Dublin Academy of Education. Um, so first of all, I'm really passionate about this thing called personal development. And that, that's why I suppose we're here today to talk about A bit of my own background is, though, I founded the Academy with a couple of mates of mine when I came out of uh, college in UCD back in, in 2010. It was the, the pits of the recession. Students nowadays wouldn't even know what the word recession means. But uh, we, we founded the what was called the Dublin School of Grinds at the time and, and built it up into what it is now, which is a full-time school for fifth and sixth years and a grind school in the evening time. And it's, it's been some journey. But what's really helped us on that journey was a focus on uh, growing personally and building confidence in ourselves and trying to uh, you know always push our, our limits and expanding our comfort zones and that's something that's really transformed into, into, into like part of the curriculum here at the academy so I'm actually proud to say I'm the co-teacher alongside yours truly here Dave Lewis uh, at the academy's personal development club which, which teaches uh, some of these like, kind of life skills to students here at the academy so uh, yeah so it's great to be here thank you very much that's a good boy that's a good yeah. intro for your autobiography yeah, yeah. <laughs> one yeah. day please God fantastic fantastic uh, so we were saying there you, as you were saying uh, we have this personal development club and myself and yourself you actually introduced it to me we firmly believe that knowing these things that like they, they can give you an absolute wide base to go wherever you want in life wherever you choose in life sure. i would suggest and um, so just for the, the the people listening can you just because as we said before you know we know personal development is a bit of a buzzword and suddenly people can put filters up uh, how how would you explain personal development to a 17 18 year old student what perfect is it? yeah yeah well starting off you got to define what is personal development okay let's define that and then let's talk about how that actually can help a leaving search student Okay, so first of all, what is personal development? As you said, it's one of those buzzwords. It's one of those words that people, when they hear, they kind of grimace and they're like, oh, stay away from me. You know, I don't know what personal development you and yourself help. And, you know, it's like that meditation and mindfulness. It's all kind of Irish people are a bit reluctant to engage with ideas like that. Uh, so I'd rather define personal development as something else. Right. I think we've talked about this in the past. We like to define it as attitude fitness. Or what do we mean by attitude fitness? Well, you know, I'm a great believer that where you go in life is dependent on your attitude. Okay, I think attitude gets you anywhere you want to go. For example, you see some people who are given every advantage in life, you know, and uh, they end up not going very far. 
And then on the opposite side of the coin, you see people who are given no advantages in life and they defy all of the odds and they get to you know, hugely successful places. And I believe the difference between those two sets of people is their attitude. And I think attitude fitness, which is our secret name for personal development, is the key to doing that. So, so defining attitude fitness, what I'd say is, this is the best uh, explanation I could rob from Google, but it is a process of continually improving your life skills. All right, it's a process of continually improving your life skills. So let's just unpack that, there's a lot in that, right? So first of all, attitude fitness is a process, okay? Meaning that it's a process is something that requires action to achieve an outcome. So it's something you do, you're active. You don't just sit back and develop attitude fitness. You go out there, you take action and you do things. That's how you learn, that's how you grow. The next thing is it's continual, i.e. you never stop doing it. So personal development or attitude fitness is something you do for your entire life. You always, always work on, on doing. And then it's, you know, so to just rewind, it's a process of continually improving your life skills. Now, what are life skills? What do you mean by that? Well, we talked about this before, and it, it's life skills are things you don't formally learn in school. The stuff that the teachers don't teach you, the stuff that isn't on the leaving cert. Things like how to develop good quality goals, how to develop a strong morning routine, how to build good habits, how to communicate more effectively so you can get your point across, how to give a presentation, how to public speak, you know, things that aren't necessarily done at school but are essential for life when you go forward, you know, beyond the leaving cert, beyond college, when you get into the working world, the skills that are really going to help you. And the key outcome in all this, the key outcome, like a student listening, why would I bother building my attitude fitness? Well, the key outcome of doing that is it builds your self-confidence. And why is that important? Well, in the leaving search, if I was a leaving search student listening to this, I can tell you something without a shadow of a doubt. The students that have more self-confidence uh, realize more of their potential in the leaving search than the students who don't. So if I was a student, I'd be listening for anything out there that could help me build my self-confidence, my confidence in myself and my own abilities. Um, and that's what attitude fitness can help you do. Attitude fitness can help you, for example, like manage your time better. You know, manage my studying. How do I put out a roadmap to make sure I study the right things at the right time? Or how do I manage the stress of the leaving cert? How do I stay calm when the pressures of the leaving cert really come on top of you? And if you've got a strong attitude fitness, you will be able to do that. It can also help you, as I said, you know, develop good habits. So, you know, a student who uh, has good habits is generally going to do better in the leaving cert. Now, let me say, you know, for example, a student who exercises regularly is going to have more energy you know, than a student who doesn't. A student who exercises regularly is going to have more mental clarity than a student who doesn't. So it's about building disciplines, about building in what we call keystone habits. Habits that, you know, as a result of doing them, make you do other good things. Mm -hmm. Exercise being one of those. And also, attitude fitness helps you move away from some of the bad habits that you have. Now, I think all students, including myself and yourself, we all have addiction to social media. Students are always staying up till 2 or 3 in the morning. You know, Mate, tunes. I've never been up till two or three in the morning. Because sorry, go on. <laughs> well, yeah, no, go on. Yeah, students might have, and I yeah, definitely yeah, have no, been. I agree, so, I agree. big time. So, you know, it's it's moving away from bad habits like gorging on social media and seeing those red click notifications coming in and getting that release of endorphins when you, when you click on your inbox and there's a WhatsApp there. So it's moving away from things like that. So that's a summary. It's personal development or attitude fitness. It helps you build self confidence, and self confidence is essential for the leaving cert. Now, yeah. So just uh, just to touch on a few of the points you had there, and 
I know we had these different modules and we had like, you know, we had a, a morning routine, we had study organisation, we had a public speaking, a few different things like that. Uh, that to me sounds like, you know, the actual need, the tool that someone would go like attack their leaving cert with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think the, the thing we said a number of weeks ago would be like, if a student doesn't develop these, it's almost like going to try play, like, I don't know, golf with a stick or something like that instead of playing with the best golf club around. You're setting yourself up, as you said, to to realise your potential. Um, look, I, I, and I know we, we, we've talked a little bit about this before, but how, how would you... How would, how would you kind of like define like what would you say is the with 10 weeks to go until the leaving strip what of those sort of modules what what sort of which one of those could a student focus on right now or which one would you feel like what like what could they do right now to try and prove their their confidence or their attitude fitness absolutely yes yeah. so if i was a student tuning into this 10 weeks from the leaving cert uh, what's the one takeaway you know what's the one area of personal development or attitude fitness we could focus on and i would say the best area to focus on and that's what we're going to talk about now is how to overcome fears okay how to deal with fears you know how to manage stress which is another word for fear mm. so what we want to talk about is fear okay knowing what is it you know and how do we deal with it when it arises okay so i i think what's what, what's interesting is if, if you think about any school right there's not a single secondary school in ireland that there isn't a conversation in the corridor with students saying, geez, you know what, I'm so stressed. You, know, you literally hear it 50 times, 100 times a day. And stress, if you trace it back to its root, it's just a fear. You're afraid of something happening. Maybe you're afraid of not doing well in the test because your teacher will get out to you, or your parents might be disappointed, or your friends might think you're clever enough to hang around with them. You know? But that's all to do with stress, okay? So I think in order to, to, to manage stress or fear, you got to know a lot more about it, okay? Now, first of all, I'd say is, what is fear? So the first step in overcoming fear is knowing what it is, right? And this is something we always talk about in our personal development club. It's like a definition for fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by a perceived threat of danger, pain, or harm. That's like the definition. Again, Rob from Google. Mm-hmm. Now, but sorry, actually, Google. Sorry, so, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sorry. The rights there are a bit of an issue, but um, it's an unpleasant emotion, right? So it's a thing we feel, okay? Fear. We've all felt fear, okay? But it's caused by a perceived threat of danger, pain, or harm. Mm-hmm. Perceived threat. And I think the key word there is perceived, okay? Perceived. What that means is it's how you interpret something in a particular way, right? And the thing is, we all interpret things differently. And I think sometimes what happens is people think things are going to be scary, think they're going to be scary, but in reality, they're not always now yeah. I think, think, uh, sorry to interrupt but just, uh, it's just this is a silly enough example as some of my students know I've got pretty weird metaphors in class but I uh, I remember around two years ago I was in Australia and I was doing a little bit of travelling by myself not the whole holiday by myself but a little bit and I was up the Great Barrier Reef and I was in this town in the almost the middle of nowhere and I had to walk by a graveyard to get down to the boat yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I was going out on the Barrier Reef a few times and doing a bit of fishing and that and um, there's nothing wrong with that but I, when I was younger I suppose I used to uh, just this just when you said fear that came into my head I was like when am I scared uh, I used to read books on like uh, ghosts and aliens and and uh, when I was younger I was in two months ago. no sorry but I used to read what? goosebumps yeah yeah <laughs> but then I remember I was walking down the road like um, I went out during the day completely fine I was walking back past the graveyard at night time and like I was 27 years of age 
and I started to shake. Like I started to actually physically feel like my neck, the hair standing up, and I was like, my breath was, my heart was racing, and I was genuinely scared. Uh, and like I couldn't see what's there. I was like, oh, there could be a bloody alien in that bush coming after me here. But I, like that seems so silly. But I kind of feel that students in school now, when we speak to them about you know an oral or a test, those fears will seem silly. But not until they are broken down. Yeah. Do, do, do the students see, does the students see that like you know I walked by the next day and I was like oh, what the hell what was that about like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and as you said every single day in school we see this in every school absolutely yeah what's what's so interesting about that you were scared what were you scared of when you're walking through the park in the dark and alien in the bush yeah yeah but then you walked through it in the day and you were fine yeah what was different I suppose like you could you could see you you knew you knew the lay of the land you knew what was there. The yeah. inputs were slightly different. The inputs were different. There was a lack of certainty, and that's something we'll touch on. Mm. Certainty, lack of certainty, another word of that is, another way of saying that is, the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And with the leaving cert, there's unknowns everywhere for students, and that's generally why people are afraid of them, or why students are afraid of the leaving cert, is because of the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's important to say, well, I'm going to get on to this, but what is the purpose of fear? You know, we said it's an emotion, right? But why do we have it? Like, what's the point in fear? Why, why are we born, you know, with this kind of emotional kind of uh, yeah, inclination towards being afraid of things? Well, the thing is with fear, it's there for a reason, okay? Fear is important because it keeps us alive. Our most basic kind of human instinct is survival. And uh, we have fear to keep us like safe from saber-toothed tigers and stuff that back in the day, in the caveman days, that, that could have killed us. You know, fear was there so we'd run away and not go up and try and pet the thing, mm-hmm. you know. But over time, what's happened is, you know, human beings, what's really interesting is, and I read this not too long ago, we're actually only born with a handful of fears, two actually to be exact. The fears of loud sounds and the fears of falling. We actually learn every other fear. Mm-hmm. And other fears, for example, like I'm terrified of clowns. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born with that, yeah. but I saw a film called It when I was a kid, and I still have nightmares about it. Uh, so we kind of learn our fears Just as we go on record. Around. You called me a clown a couple of weeks ago, but that's, uh, no, it's no worries. I was kind of offended, but now you're scared. <laughs> that's so scary, right. you, man. Yeah, it's, it's no problem. You're, you're like a bodybuilder, but you're also a clown-like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, no problem. But um, ah, so, with, so with fear, so the purpose of the fear is to keep you safe, right? So what happens is when, when you experience fear, a couple of things happen. Right, you've all heard this fight or flight kind of mentality. It's like you know, if if you uh, if you're in a situation where there's fear, you know, you get fear. With flight, it's I mean you run away to get away from it. Another one is fight, where you actually face up to the fear and, and uh, you take it on head on, whatever it is that that's making you scared. But there's actually a third uh, kind of response that I think is probably the most common, and that's what's called fright. Okay, fright. So you fight or flight or fright. I think fright is probably the one that most students and probably most people can relate to. It's when you have something that's scary, like the leaving cert, it's so overwhelming that you just kind of pause and you're paralyzed by fear and all you're doing is focusing on how scary the leaving cert is and you don't actually do anything about it and you just complain. Mm -hmm. And that is the worst thing you can possibly do. What you have to do is you actually have to fight it and you have to face up to it. You know, we're talking about overcoming fears today. Unfortunately, the reality is that to overcome a fear, you have to actually face it and you have to put yourself in a situation where, you know, you're going to be scared. And like the thing is, like, you can't get rid of fear. As I said, it's there. It's hardwired into our brains. But you have to be able to overcome fear and recognize what fear is and, uh, you know, when you should be afraid and when you shouldn't be afraid. And I think the leaving cert is one of those things that has this paralyzing effect on students and they get so afraid of it. So what can we do? What can we do to make sure that students don't get paralyzed by, by fear of the leaving cert? 
I think I think uh, well, but it was always told to me. I remember before my oral, my the the, the biggest thing. Oh, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't be scared of that. Um, which was obviously a great tactic because I never thought of not being scared of it to begin with. Yeah. But obviously, it didn't do it. Didn't do anything. I was so, so scared of it. Yeah. Looking back. So like I I know that from from the personal development club we you have come up and actually shown me a number of strategies and I've tried to employ them. So uh, I know we. I, I'm not sure you'd like to get into that now, This the comfort zone theory. Absolutely, yeah. So th- this is kind of the key takeaway from this chat today. Uh, this is kind of this thing that me and you have talked about for a long time and developed. It's this comfort zone theory, okay? And that is the way to overcome any fear you have is to grow your comfort zone so far that the thing that you're afraid of is now within your comfort zone. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me illustrate this with the board, right? So let's just say this is you mm-hmm. or me. This is me. And this blue circle around me is my comfort zone, right? Now, I can relate this in my own experience of something I was afraid of not too long ago. I I hated the idea of public speaking, probably like most human beings on earth. I don't have a single person in the world who was born the love of public speaking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had this big dream to one day speak in front of 500 people at an event. That's really what I was kind of aiming for. But I I couldn't even speak in front of the mirror, Mm -hmm. let alone 500 people. So... uh, the idea of speaking in front of 500 people, right, would have been up there, mm-hmm. way outside my comfort zone. Remember, this is me, this is my comfort zone. That was way outside my comfort zone. I, I couldn't even dream of doing that. And for a long time, I, I just looked at that goal and I never did anything about it. I was frightened by it. Yep. And I, I, as a result of that, I was paralyzed, didn't take any action whatsoever. But then I realized, hang on a sec, if I can just do one thing to maybe move me in the direction of that, maybe that could help me. So what I mean by that is I actually sat down, I wrote a speech, and I read in front of the mirror. And it was really weird, but I did it. And it actually felt quite good after it. And basically what it transpired was I actually did a task that was slightly outside my comfort zone there. That was like reading a a speech in front of a mirror. Okay? Mm -hmm. Now that felt kind of weird, a little bit outside my comfort zone, but but I got through it. Right? Now the funny thing was, once I had done that, my comfort zone then changed. And it grew a little bit. So the next time I went to read a speech in front of the mirror, I didn't even think twice about it. It was easy peasy. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, that's a bit of progress there. you know." And then, then I said, okay, well, why don't I maybe read the speech out in front of one person? So I did that. So, so I, I read the speech out in front of one person. There it is there. And uh, that was really scary. You know, was for people were afraid they could judge me and think I was an idiot or you know, say something stupid. But actually it was okay. And then what happened was my comfort zone grew again. Right, and I think you can see what's kind of happening here. Mm. Then, in, then I said to, to, to in front of three people, then, then in front of five people, then in front of ten people. Before I knew it, I'd said it in front of a hundred people. And then, as of last, it was last September, I actually gave a talk in front of five hundred people. Now that process took a number of years, but that's my new comfort zone. They expanded, you know, massively. Now, if I had to do a speech again in front of people, I don't even think about it mm-hmm. because I built it up slowly over time. So rather than seeing the one big scary goal out in front of you, think about what's the one thing I could do that I could just move myself a little bit closer to it. One thing that's slightly out of my, out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. that I could do that wouldn't be too scary yeah. and that promotes action, which yeah. is really, really the key. And the interesting thing is, um, you could actually think about this, you could probably relate this to a student who's afraid of higher level maths in sixth year. That's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of what I was thinking about there. Because... When you show me this theory, actually, I think I was part of the, the group of three or maybe five. I, was, I remember 
these, these sort of these speeches and and you show me this theory and uh, you know you said something that you said what's something that I can do today like you can't do this today that's in the future but yeah. we can get closer there and I think of this with higher, teaching higher level math students first of all they 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 think it's it's everywhere like they don't know what they don't know they're so yeah. their comfort zone is there and it's it's not helped by other people hyping it up and saying how difficult it is but like what I try to do with my students, and this this is like a, a, a subtle thing. We, we first of all we we learn a few skills. We maybe do a little bit of algebra, uh, and then you know we start to build up the math skills, and we we show them what's on the course, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But here, what I think they fear is literally sitting that exam. Yeah. And how and and how we can how I can relate this, I, I feel is okay. Well, students they can see me do all the maths they want. They can see you do all the public speaking they yeah. want, but they have to take action, like you said. So, if I was trying to relate this, just kind of off the top of my head, maybe it'd be like. Um, you know, we'll do a few sums without the answers right in front of them because yeah. they're used to, you know, oh, is that the answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah. then they I'm start crutch. Yeah, then they start getting confident in their, in their answer. Yeah. But, and I find that's actually huge. A lot of students like feel they genuinely feel scared their answer is not correct unless they can fully check it. And then obviously yeah. in an exam, you can't. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, and then we do a few sums and then we we build it up maybe to like a, a class test. Some students don't even like tests, so potentially you know they they'd have to do. A test at home, they like you know put themselves under time pressure, put themselves under that. Then you start adding in a few more topics, yeah. and a few more topics, and a few more topics, and suddenly we're nearly we can do nearly pay, a paper one, yeah. and then we're we're like here and we set it like under time constraints, and we get someone else to correct it. Yes. Like is it so someone? It could be a friend, it could be the teacher, and students do not like it. like they're like oh this guy's gonna think everything about me is terrible because yeah. I thought two x and three x was z or something like you know something like that. <laughs> And realistically, the person correcting it doesn't care, but it's just getting that feeling, getting yeah. used to it, and wading into the water. And then, then what we do is we we build it up to a second paper and a full on mock. And then what I would suggest all the students to do is consistently time themselves, yeah. correct themselves, see where they go wrong, show like be fully honest with where they are. And then hopefully they will have done by the leaving cert. Like the, we do, like the harder end of the leaving cert questions. Most yeah, of the yeah. maths ones would be this hard, easy, but you know around the middle is probably where it lies. And then. Like once they have conquered and seen these high, uh, like hard questions under time pressure, knowing it's getting corrected, well then they're nearly here, so they have to come back in for their leave insert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that that's what that's the way I would think about it. So nearly as well, we've done it. You when you've done the speech ten times in front of five hundred people, yeah, yeah. you know you can do it nearly in your sleep. Oh yeah, no preparation um, kind of thing. It's kind of like confidence, right? In anything, mm. is like a muscle. Okay, if you went into the gym when you were fifteen and you put one hundred and fifty kilos on the bench press. And you'd never lifted a weight before, and you tried to lift that. What would happen? Miracles. No, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be able. I know, but I, I know you can. Yeah, and, yeah. and it would have scarred me, and I wouldn't. I would probably. I would recline from actually probably trying it again. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But what you actually did was now you can bend two hundred fifty. I'm sure, maybe close. But like you would have built that slowly over time with progressive overload, a little bit heavier every week bit by bit and that's how confidence grows in anything and that's so important and it's never ever jump way too far in your comfort zone it's going to it, it, it's unlikely you'll do anything anyway it's unlikely you'll even jump if that's where your focus is mm -hmm. you know if you're thinking about building a wall right i'd say don't focus on building the entire wall you know a wall of confidence just focus on laying a brick mm -hmm. lay one brick as perfectly as you can lay that brick okay and then get another brick and then lay that as well as you can possibly lay a brick and keep doing that over and over again. And guess what happens over time? If you're consistent, mm, you have yeah. a wall. Yeah. You know, suddenly you have that wall, which is, so, uh, which is just so important. So I think what, one thing that's really important, I talked about growing confidence, building confidence. 
What do you mean? You know, how do you illustrate that? Well, I would like, I, I think the best way to kind of quantify a growth in confidence is the growth in your comfort zone, right? So every time you grow your comfort zone a little bit, you know, every time you grow your comfort zone, this here, this measurement, whatever that is, is progress. Radius, bro. It's radius too, <laughs> yeah. yeah your yeah. radius of confidence, right? But the more you grow your radius of confidence, right, or your radius of comfort, mm -hmm. the more your confidence grows. Yeah. Simple. The more you face fears and overcome them and push the barriers a little bit more, the more confident you're gonna be in yourself. And that's so important. And like I said, it's a continuous process. You gotta keep pushing. Because progress is, is essential for us to feel stimulated and feel happy and feel like we're going places. Yeah. Um, Can I just say, ask you a question? That this is something that you, I, I'm not sure, like I just said, I didn't say this at the start, but remember when I first met you, me and you were both hoovering floors of the RDS. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if that's allowed. Oh, like glory days. Yeah. So, but like, what do you reckon? Like, so you obviously made a decision. You decided, okay, you've gone on a completely different path to pretty much anyone I know, and yourself and and the McGoverns and then and COB. Just like, hang, hang around you lads, it's helped me, and I, I'm, it's helped thousands of people who've come through the school, whether you know you've impacted them or not, in actually, I think, like, setting this part here, like this 500 people, whereas a lot of people be like, I'm happy when I do it in front of 10. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you reckon, like, you know, for me, before I, I started hanging around with you guys, you know, it wasn't even, an, these things like pushing, how, what, how far can I go, what can I do, how can I build it? Yeah. Like, okay, you could get a little better, but... You're, you're still coming in cl close. What do you reckon is the difference that you found or somebody else found? Uh, like, how did you get this personal development buzz that you go, why not try this one? As opposed to, I'm happy with 12 people. What's so funny is you just answered your own question, okay? And without even realizing it, maybe. Well, how do you, you know, keep pushing boundaries? Well, I, I think it's, it, it's rather than making a disempowering statement, right? Which I'll talk about in a sec. Make an like ask yourself an empowering question. Okay, now questions. Okay, what are questions? I believe that questions are unbelievably important in life. Okay, I think your life is uh, dependent on the quality of the questions you ask, both yourself and other people. Okay, and what I'd say is, if you start asking better questions, you're going to start getting better results. For example, if someone says, "Do you know what? I could never go into a room full of people I don't know because I'm just a shy person." Full stop. That's a disempowering statement. How much action is that person going to take to try and become a more confident person? If they say to themselves over and over and over again, I'm just a shy person, that's just not me. Yeah, it becomes nearly a law of gravity, like the law of gravity almost. Is yeah, there. exactly. It, is. it becomes their belief, their identity, you know, they have references to back that up. Uh, whereas if someone said, do you know what, I struggle a bit with confidence, but, you know, I want to get better. What's one thing I could do to start improving my confidence? How much different is that to saying, I'm just a shy person? Well, the difference is, the question promotes action. The question promotes you to start thinking. And once you start thinking, you'd be surprised what you come up with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd say to people, if they want to push boundaries, just ask better questions. Mm -hmm. You know, when someone said, uh, when we started the school, people laughed at us. They said, well, sure, what do you know about education? You don't have a clue what you're doing. And we were saying, well, how hard can it be? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure we can figure this out. Other people have done it. Why don't we just find out from them? And why don't we model other people who've been successful at it and then improve on it? And, you know, I, I think the words, how hard can it be, are very powerful, yeah. you know? Because uh, it really helped us in pushing things on. And I'd, I'd say to, to any student, if they're terrified of higher-level maths, okay, they're terrified of French, or they've just never been good at accounting, just ask, well, you know, other students can figure this out. It can't be that hard. I just haven't asked the right questions yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to seek out help. 
from you know someone who really knows their stuff, or maybe a student in my class who's really bright that I could ask for help. Or maybe I could start you know doing tests like you said and asking the teachers to correct them. You know, mm-hmm. promote action. Ask yourself good questions. Don't just say I'm crap at maths. Yeah. Full stop. You know, ask yourself oh, how can I get better at maths. That's what I'd say. So like a, a disempowering statement. Drastic. I think this is huge. Drastically different to like an empowering question. And just yeah. a how you're trying to find a solution or something even small that you can do now. Yeah, I think that I think that's huge. So it's like that attitude fitness. What we're yeah. talking about now, like it's not what happens to you in life that determines your destiny. It's what you do about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all had bad stuff happen to us. You know, sometimes bad things happen to the same people, and one person goes one way and the other goes a totally different way. And the difference between those people, like I said at the start, is their attitude and how they solve the problem. Yeah. You know, some people see a problem, some people see a challenge, and some people see a solution. Yeah. You know, so I'd encourage to ask yourself better questions. Yeah. That's oh, fantastic, unbelievable. There's just one, one more thing that I feel that kind of kind of reframe this a little bit. That uh, uh, a, a model that we came up with, you know, the we had the certainty and fear seesaw. Yes. Um, I think that students could gain gain a lot from just hearing about that from you could you explain that a little bit absolutely yeah and this, this is kind of on the same vein that we've been discussing already why are we afraid of things mm-hmm. well there's a number of reasons um, obviously to keep us safe you know mm-hmm. from saber two tigers they're what I like to call reasonable fears you yeah. know things that might actually kill you yeah. but then there's this other bracket called unreasonable fears with things that you shouldn't really be afraid of yes. yeah and why, are, why do we experience unreasonable fears for example public speaking why are the leaving cert mm-hmm. uh, driving all I would, I would categorize as unreasonable fears. And why do we have these? Well, it's because we're afraid of being judged by others. Now, what if we, we public speak and we make it an arse for ourselves and we look terrible and people yeah. think we're a lesser person? So it's this kind of fear of you know, being judged or a fear of, of loss, you know, a fear of, and this is the biggie, the unknown. Like you said, when you were in the park in Australia in the dark and there was aliens there you know, in the bushes, you, mm. you thought, that's because you had lack of certainty. Whereas in the daytime, you could see there was no idea. That they were small, so I could have bashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so the, this certainty you. seesaw thing I'm talking about is if you have to enter into a situation like the leaving cert, right? There's so many unknowns there. Like, what's the room going to look like that you're going to be in? Like, what what kind of time pressure do you know you're going to be under? You know, what kind of, what topics are on each paper? These are all things that you need to know before you go into the exam. So if students don't know these things, if they don't know the basics, you know, if the leaving cert, what they're going into, they're going to be extremely stressed because they don't know what, they, what, what they're heading into. So I'd say to any student, if you increase certainty around something, you reduce fear. So it's like a seesaw. Yeah. If you're really uncertain about, if you're really certain about something, yeah. you'll experience little fear. But if you're really uncertain about something, your fear goes through the roof. Yes. Right? So if you just increase certainty, fear comes down. And so many, say, many tactics then like that, like we said, like practicing. And then yeah. what I like to be saying there is with the leaving cert maths, you know, what we do here is we break it down into the five strands. Some students don't know that. We say it was on paper one and two. We have the different topics. And if I was a student going back now, I would get like a piece of paper and I would say, you know, algebra, these are the 10 things I need to know. Yeah. But students just think that because they don't know what it is, there's billions of things and it comes down. Realistically, you start to see, oh, I actually need to know only this skill. It also makes them feel calmer if they get like a little plan. Go, oh, today I'll do these two. They've ticked them off. Yeah. They start to see those adding up. And remember, I, I think I said something like this to you before when we had the different strands. You you start to even see that they overlap. And a, a metaphor, one of my world famous metaphors that I use is okay. Well, you know, we had something. I think we're talking about um, expanding brackets or something, and we're talking about that in algebra, and then we're talking about in differentiation. And I said, listen, everyone here agree I can kick a football. I was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I can kick a duck. 
they were like, what are you talking about? Why are you going around kicking ducks? And I was like, no. <laughs> I but what I meant was the skill for doing this is here. And suddenly even the skills get smaller, the amount you need to know, because you, you're a bit more certain about what's going on, then you're a bit more confident and, and, and you're starting to take stuff off. And then maybe you're even more confident to attack this paper here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see yeah. the pattern that starts yeah. to emerge. Exactly, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Disclaimer on the abducting, I never. It's just, it was just to try to get students' attention there, because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Chris. So I think that um, just with this, just before the before students leave, and uh, or before we leave, actually. Uh, so you know, we got we got to head off, but just to, to wrap it up. Um, first of all, I'd like to ask you just to. I think it's important that students know the first. So just the, remember the, you were talking about a book that somebody gave you for personal development and how it changed. This is the thing that set you on this path that if that person did not give you that book that day, yeah, yeah. we wouldn't be sitting here. We wouldn't be in this school. You'd be off building buildings and I'd be off, I don't know, God knows what I'd be doing. But like, you know, it, that, that changed the lives of thousands of people, that one event. And yeah. I think that's a massively powerful thing. So just to tell people about that. And then secondly, what one piece of advice coming into you know what people say crunch time yeah would you give to a student well first of all a book that i got given to which started me on the journey of attitude fitness was a book called awaken the giant within by tony robbins a book my own brother actually gave to me and i read that in college and it opened up a whole new world to me and that and that world was that confidence was a skill a skill is something you can learn i thought people are just born confident no mm. confidence is learned by constant practice you know, confidence in anything. I don't mean in general, but just confidence in anything you can build. And uh, so that book, Awaken the Joint Within, it's a beast. You know, don't try to read it now. If you're leaving certain 10 weeks, wait till the summer when you're, you know, in Ohenapa, uh, Magaluf, wherever it is students are going these days. County uh, Kerry. County Kerry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my one piece of advice, my closing statement would be to leave and students to say, you know, don't exaggerate the implications of not performing perfectly in the leaving cert. So don't exaggerate you know, how bad your life might turn out if you don't do a perfect leaving cert. I remember when I was in school, I uh, didn't have a clue what I wanted to be when I grew up, like everybody, and then you're expected to fill out this career shopping list called the CAO, which I did, and because I was good at maths, and I liked Lego, engineering, all eight choices, engineering, and I was so afraid that if I didn't get into one of those engineering courses, uh, all my friends would go to college, and I'd be stuck at the dock, and the careers both would leave without me and end up no mates and yeah and my life would be awful and uh, as a result that I was very scared of the leaving cert right mm. but the funny thing is looking back I've never worked a single day in my life as an engineer it was a great degree and I'm happy I did it but uh, you know it didn't define me as a person at all and what I'd say to students is the leaving cert's a really tough exam it's, it, it, it's going to push you and challenge you but it will not define you Mm-hmm. Okay, the leaving cert is worth putting a lot of energy and effort into and challenging yourself. But if you don't perform perfectly, it will not be the end of your life. You will do well regardless, and you will look back at the leaving cert and you will think, "Wow, that wasn't the be all and end all." And what what's good about doing that, taking it down off its pedestal a bit, it actually gives more control back to the student. They know that okay, you know, this is a tough set of exams, but like it's not life or death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna it's gonna challenge me and push me. And rather than waste time worrying about what might happen, just just focus on what you can do. Take back control. Focus on yourself. Focus on improving, building your comfort zone, challenging yourself, and don't be worrying about not performing well in the leaving cert and having massive implications. Mm-hmm. You know, in life thereafter. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, like use it as a platform to go where you want to go with your life, if if, if that's the way you want to go. But so do do your best. Get the get the lessons from it. Exactly. Fantastic, mate. That's that's absolutely that's unbelievable. I think 
for me personally I look forward to listening back and acting again on some more of these and see where I'm actually putting into place and where I could do better uh, but I think that di still the disempowering statements versus the empowering questions for me is huge and then acting on them using these two models it's fantastic, but uh, I'd love. Hopefully, we get to have you back again if you're oh, yeah, if you're free. Back. We could build on this. I think it's uh, brilliant. I hope hope people enjoyed it as well, and I'm sure they got serious serious uh, serious value from what you've said. And and hopefully, they can implement it over the next number of weeks. And actually, then on you know, into college and then onto life. And uh, fantastic. So, Telly. Chris, Pleasure. thanks Thank very you much. so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.